The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus, with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, welcome back to Afternoons with Mike. Heard daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. With me today in Studio A, I am so excited. Uh, Bill Hufford was with me back in the early uh, segment. In fact, these studios were under construction during that time frame. And I was sitting in an office in a different uh, area of this building where we are right now. And Bill was up here. Bill was a, a small group leader. I've known him well over 30 years. Uh, was it the late 80s that you came? I believe it was. I think it's, it was. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago that you began attending. And with him today, his lovely wife, who I've known uh, as long as I've right. known Bill. Right. Yep. It's always Bill and Colleen. I mean, they've been the pair. Uh, we ha- we've we've got a lot of adventures the, we're connected together. connected at the hip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, I always joke and, and laugh with this couple because they have some Indiana roots as do I. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So the, you, you know all about Hoosiers up there. I tell you the Midwest is really great and it's a, a lot of neat memories, great uh, uh, things to think about. I, I like the relationships that are, they're made there. Uh, you can almost spot a Midwestern when they're down in Florida, yeah. which is funny, but I certainly don't miss the weather. I don't miss the weather no, at all. This is no. Yeah. Even it, if the hurricanes, <laughs> I'm going to do her one or two or three maybe, but I'm not yeah. going back. Yeah, I, I, the, the tornadoes of the Midwest kind of make oh, up for what we uh, right. what we have in hurricanes down here. Colleen, you were not with us the last time Bill was on, and I know that you guys, uh, you both of you, have a rich uh, heritage in serving the Lord, in in involvement with churches. I and one of the things that in listening to your story that I'm just dying to hear would be some of your early stories because you were part of the movement. That would have been led by Charles Simpson, Derek Prince, uh, the the whole uh, discipleship movement, the early movement uh, that was um, led by these guys that they had a nickname. It was called the Fort Lauderdale Five. That's right. That's right. And you you would have known them. Yes. uh, And knew them well. Yes. And and, uh, I remember our early days of talking because I did have, uh, I've met a couple of them. Mm -hmm. uh, And we got to hear Derek Prince. In fact, I had John Tesh on my program last week, and he wow. even mentioned one of his favorite Bible teachers was Derek. Derek Prince? Derek Prince. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, and he brought that up. Wow. And I thought, ah, just next week, I'm going to be talking to, oh <laughs> to Bill and Colleen. This great. is great. Yeah. So this is awesome. So, yeah. So that that is your heritage. Tell us a little bit about, uh, we can start with you, Bill, how you came to know the Lord in the beginning. Well, <clears throat> that is kind of interesting. It maybe as a truly a miracle uh had always gone to church for when I was a kid and uh, ended up going to college and joined a fraternity and in the fraternity there was the uh, I think it was uh the crew which is now the campus crusade campus crusade yeah. and they came to our our living room in the in the fraternity and shared the gospel because no one oh, ever really had great. done that directly I was familiar with it and so let's pray. And so I prayed. And that was the prayer when <laughs> in the fraternity house. Who would think that would ever happen? So, but it did. And that was, that was obviously life changing. 
I can't say my behavior changed immediately, right. but there was something different that was always, you know, tugging at my heart. And this would have been up in Indiana, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. It had been in the right. 60s. And uh, that, that kind of a thing, I, I've heard stories from the likes of R.C. Sproul. And, mm. uh, you know, talking right. about the same thing, about it being in college and then someone coming mm-hmm. and sharing the way that crew did with you changes everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that, that started, started it off. Mm-hmm. That's correct. The journey is on its way. Yeah. Colleen, how about you? Mine was a little different, uh, although our paths were the same. Remember, we started dating at 17, actually 16. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so uh, what happened to me is I was reading a book about... Uh, about two Romans that uh, died for their love for Christ. And I remember, you know, I'm like, Bill, I went to church, but I didn't have that personal relationship. So it was very interesting. And I remember crying, I'm coming down the steps and I'm crying, how could two people die, give up their Mm -hmm. lives? Because they were like, you know, I was in love with their love, Mm -hmm. you know, and also their importance of being Romans and and in, in that society, and I remember coming downstairs and I'm crying and I'm saying to my mother, these people are dying for Jesus. My mother looks at me strange. She had no idea. So it was very sad, but my mother did come to know the Lord, you know, in her uh, later years. But what was interesting is that there was this pause, like I had no one, I had no one to pick up that piece to say, well, you can get to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was there. And then uh, right before the birth of my son, uh, my uh, brother, who's a Pentecostal holiness pastor, um, was calling me and he shared Jesus with me. Mm-hmm. And that was during kind of the lay renewal and everything that was going on in that great movement of oh, that yeah. time. The Jesus movement. The Jesus yeah. movement. Yeah. Early and 70s. Yeah. So, yeah, in the 70s, it was actually December Oh, gosh, it was just about now, 50 years ago, because my son is going to be 50. That really tells our age, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it sure does. <laughs> it, no it hurts. Yeah, this, is, this one's a hard one, you know, uh, when your right. children go to another decade. Uh, but it was at that time, that's when I became, you know, came to know the Lord and just went fast. You know what a difference it is when you think about growing up, attending services like what we all did at yeah. some point. And you get this idea of that's what the church people do. That's what, that's what you do when you go, you go to church and the infinite uh, difference between going to church and being a part of the church and understanding that the church is really you Mm -hmm. and that it's not so much know what we know about God is do we know God Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the fact that he wants to know us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how do we walk with him? I yeah. mean, that's just, that's, that's uh, I think is a key. How did your path lead you from Indiana to Florida? Well, uh, Vietnam War, the, uh, I, well, it changed each year in terms of, because of the, as the war escalated, finally you uh, got a draft number based on your birth date. I had one of those. Birth date. And I was in the first round. So <clears throat> I think my number was 267. And so no one would hire me because the next month I might get drafted. So it was at, uh, we were at the, I, I taught high school for one year. And so in May we said, Disney was opening their doors the following year. This would be uh, 1970, 71. We moved down here in 70. I said, well, we might as well do something while we're waiting for me to be drafted or see what happens with the war. So 
we moved down in May of 1970. Disney opened in night, October of 71. And we said, if there's ever going to be an opportunity, it's got to be Central Florida because it's going to be, it's just, it's going to be a game changer, which it ended up being. So we packed our bags, we put them in a U-Haul, and that was, it. I mean, just when we barely made it, that was, you know, maybe a furniture, a, a couch, and a couple, some plates and stuff, and we moved down. So <laughs> that's how we got started. Now, in uh, your high school year of graduation, would that have been 70? Uh, no, I graduated, we graduated in high school. We both together, 65. Okay. We graduated college in 69. Yeah, 69. Okay. Taught, uh, taught yeah. high school for one year. So, so during your draft, during the draft that would have affected you, they were taking a lot more. Yes. And in the draft that I was in, which would have been in 1971, that was almost toward the end of the uh, winding whole down. conflict. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it was winding down at that point. They took 200 and down. And okay. I was number 201. No. Really? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was my number, 201. Yeah. And uh, the day of that draft, and, you know, everyone 200 and down had to report the very next day. Oh, yeah. So that was right toward the the height of all of the, some of the conflicts, the, 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 we all remember some of those Hanoi massacres mm. and all of that mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. that was going on in the, the, the war at that point. But I, I, that is so crazy that you, you guys can't be that much older than I am, but you're a couple <laughs> of years older than I am. It, it doesn't seem like it should be, but, <laughs> but you know, and what's interesting about that, Mike, is that uh, God's so often uses natural circumstances to get you to where he wants you to be. Uh, both Colleen and I feel like since we came from the same, same hometown, people would still know us like we were when we were young, and, but God wanted to change us. And so it, we, he put us in a new location, totally people we did not know. And so it gave us the freedom and it gave others the freedom to look at us differently. I mean, to see us who we are for who we were then, not as where we were maybe 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, and I think Colleen often said, well, she's always going to be known not as Hufford, but as her maiden name, because that's who, how people knew her. So when we came down here, it's really, it was a new good beginning. Yeah, it does. And you moved, we did, we experienced the same yeah, thing right. when we moved down from Indiana. Yep. And right. so all of those things, and it's, I don't know how you guys feel now, but I bet you feel the same way I do. I feel like I've had three lifetimes. Yeah, it's about right. Exactly. <laughs> I say, you know, I, know. I got my Indiana life up there. Yes. I know it. And then we lived for 17 years in Orlando, <laughs> and then we moved to Gainesville for 17 years. That's, yeah. And I right. loved that time. Sure. It was yeah. just so precious. So now here we are back. So I'm in my fourth lifetime. Right <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and you look like you're really enjoying it. Oh, I'm having a blast. Yes. It really is so That's much good. fun. And so grateful for you guys. Again, we got to meet and begin fellowshipping together and not just seeing each other on Sundays, but our lives mm -hmm. really were very closely intertwined through things like evangelistic outreaches right. that we would have at your home. I mean, for crying out loud, you guys were... Uh, small group leaders and that I was privileged to be a part of right. uh, the oversight of mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. meetings that would be in your home. I can think of bringing kids that were coming in on E-teams to your oh, yeah. house right. Gosh. with uh, the likes of Winky Prattney. Now there's a <laughs> yeah, name that's that people will recognize, that. but wow. you guys hosted all of us yeah. in your wonderful yeah. home in Castleberry. Yeah. And uh, my goodness, the, the memories of all of those times together wow of stuff that we've just done together in churches. I know. Mm -hmm. in, in the church here mm -hmm. in, in Orlando. So uh, it's very near and dear to my my 
heart when I think of the two of you and your love for the Lord. And, you know, we were talking about a, a, a little bit earlier, that group of churches. Uh, I wanted to turn over to you for a moment, Colleen, and, and have you kind of reminisce a little bit about uh, the whole aspect of now we've talked about it's much more than just going to church, but in your movement of churches, this whole thing of fellowship and, mm-hmm. and, and community mm-hmm. really took on next level stuff. So when really you look did. back at that, tell me a little bit about your early days of realizing that the church is really a re- about relationship. Oh, we've had so many great relationships and so many people that, you know, have moved. And at times you thought, oh, they're moving. But, but the thing that's interesting is that God is putting them in another place so they can re- reproduce the same thing. Right. Um, so we just had wonderful relationships uh, with home group. Uh, I was thinking I wanted to mention something about Bob Mumford and several of the men you ask about mm-hmm. their, their input because they had such input in our lives, the teaching some of the great teachings that were from the, the Fort Lauderdale group. Uh, I can remember one time Bob Mumford was talking and it was very interesting. So many things you could go home with and apply to your life. And he just said, always die quickly. Wow. Don't bleed all over the place. Yeah. Just die quickly. Yeah. And that was a good one, especially when you're a young Christian and you're trying to change and you're bleeding all over the place and yeah. you're not dying quickly. Yeah. That was so good. And then Ern Baxter he would hang the stars and the universe just in the skies, just the way yeah, that, he, uh, that poetic ability. The, right. He had a poetic yeah. uh, ability. And uh, those two, I remember so much. Of course, Derek Prince was just so sound and very uh, stoic, you know, but very sound in what he did. But uh, all of those uh, men did so much in our lives that we could then impart to others, Yeah, you know, and it was things that were very practical uh, in our walk with the Lord. And it made a lot of changes for me as a woman, because I was a professional at the time. And, you know, I just really had to, uh, decide what my life should be and could be like, mm-hmm. um, in really following him. You know, when we look back at that whole move of God that happened with that Jesus movement, and these guys were, they were being used of the Lord all around the world. I mean, they were speaking at conferences, Right. But but at the same time, they were speaking internationally. They were also pouring themselves into local churches, just like your uh, fellowship that was right. there. Right. And I remember, I think you would have been at this men's meeting, Bill, when we had Bob Mumford in. Yes. Uh, you attended that. I do. Down downtown? One, yeah. Yes. Uh, downtown. I remember. And uh, I was there. I was privileged to be sitting near him around a table uh, in one of our little breakouts afterwards. And he made a mention to me, it was just this kind of stuff that happened all the time with these guys. He said, you know, he said, when we have devotions in our life, he said, uh, at, at times we can feel like, you know, nothing's happening. Uh, we're, we're reading, we're praying. He said, but he made this statement, God delights in dry devotions. <laughs> that sounds like Bob. That, that, yeah. is, a, yeah. that is a Bob expression yeah. right mm-hmm. there, Bob Mumford mm-hmm. expression. And he made the point, and I've never forgotten it, that we may think nothing is happening in that devotional time, right. but God is using that, right. and God is hearing it, and he will use that time, even though we may not feel it, or sense it, or understand how it could happen, right. nothing is wasted with God. You know, and I think during that time, what they did, if more one of the impressions or the 
ramifications, I guess, of that relationship is that it made God real on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you know, much of my background was you go to church on Sunday, you might go to another Bible study or something, but it always seemed like you're turning on or you turned it off. You know, you were in the world or in the church, rural mm-hmm. church. They seemed to integrate all of that. And so you felt you grew that, you know, God became personal. And not to make him smaller than what he is, but he's engaged and involved in day-to-day activities. And that really was encouraging, you know, that you could face the tough, make the tough decisions. You could face the battles that you had to face because you knew God was with you. Well, you know, that, that closeness of understanding the Lord is with you. Yet when you realize that he's calling us to live, we're in the world. That's right. We're not to be of the world, but, but we are, we are in the world and we should be taking the gospel message and applying it every day of our life. That's just one of those amazing truths that I believe that God really taught us during that time frame. Mm -hmm. Right. I agree. And and it is so important that we do represent the Lord because uh, one of the things that we have uh, on the shepherd station is a program called the shepherd at work. And Mark Goldstein has actually written the book, uh, talk about marketplace ministry. Mm. And so th- that's what was so great about that time frame was people were, were going out on their jobs in their neighborhoods and they were sharing the love of that's Jesus great. with right. other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a move of God like none oh, that yeah. I've seen since, huh. but we're praying that God would do that again. Restore it. Oh. Right. Yeah. I agree. Definitely. Well, this is so great to have Bill and Colleen Hufford, Longtime friends, been friends with this couple for th- over 30 years. And that's a gift. In this day and age, that's a yeah. gift to mm-hmm. have. And I'm so honored. Uh, one of the things that I asked them about is to share uh, their history of serving, not only in the church. We talk about that a lot. But they've also got something unique about them. They've served in the civil sphere as well, uh, in Castleberry. And we're going to be talking about that in our next segment. So hang around, don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. Call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Too much fun today. With me in the studio is Bill and Colleen Hufford. From Castleberry, uh, Bill, a longtime employee in the banking business. That's what you were doing when I first met you. Worked with SunTrust. Yes. And, um, you know, I don't know how much of an influence you were in my getting to do. You may remember that I did this. I did a uh, training series. I was like an on-camera talent for walking people through on all of the new deposit systems. And I know Brian Wells was the guy that oh. worked in. He, he's the guy. Yeah, Brian worked for me. So yeah. he, I didn't know. I don't. Yeah, he hired me. Okay, yeah, perfect. he hired me to do that. Perfect. And he hired me when I had hair. So that's right. <laughs> oh, that long ago. <laughs> oh, that long ago, that, right. That's been I a still while. have hair, but just not mm-hmm. as much. Uh, it started waving as I got older. Ooh. Yeah, and it waved goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it did. Or it slides off the back it's, of your head. Yeah, something. And I, I, I joke <laughs> with my kids. I tell them, you know, my brain just grew right up through my hairline. That, that's exactly what happened. That's right. So at any rate, I mean, boy, that, go back to the times you, uh, in addition to that, I mean, you you were a faithful employee, had a, a manager for years in that business. And we've already talked in segment one 
about uh, your uh, love for the Lord and how that he used you in churches, many different churches, a couple of them uh, that I'm familiar with. And and on top of that, and then we're going to start with you, Colleen, on this one. At some point, you guys decided to get involved in your community in politics. And there's a lot of people that would wonder, how in the world can or, or, or did a believer couple the way you two are with all your busyness and all your involvement? What led you to do that? I so admire and respect that you did. And Kalina, I think you were the first one to get in to throw your hat into the ring, so to speak. That's right. I made the big step of putting my toe in the water. And so tell us about that. Yeah, I'd love to. It it definitely was a God thing uh, through all this. Uh, Our kids were getting, you know, about 17, 18. So I wouldn't encourage a lot of people with young children to get involved in politics, especially now. But I'm I'm getting off, off point. Uh, basically someone knocked on my door and this fellow said, um, we're getting ready to have another election and we have some corruption going on and we need to have people help us. And basically it was the adult entertainment industry was really trying to pad the, um, the, the, uh, candidates for them. So we had three positions that were opening up. And we were trying to get people to run against that, that group of people that they had uh, put up for and paid for and everything so that they could continue to have the influence in the community. So this fellow knocked on the door and, and he didn't ask me to run. That was later on. Mm-hmm. But what he asked me to do, and for Bill too, was to uh, walk door to door, talk to the citizens and say, if you have community standards, the judges will rule in favor of you. And so we had all night drinking till 6 a.m. And that mm-hmm. was one of the things on the ballot. We needed three good candidates that would stand up, you know, once they were elected and would stand up and vote for these community standards. And that would help make it more difficult for the industry to thrive. And this is a Castleberry we're talking about. And during this time frame, when you traveled on 1792 and you approached Castleberry, it looks a lot different today than it did back then. Oh, yes. And one of the things that motivated me is I remember when my son was 11 and 12 and I'd be driving down 1792 and there was a kiosk for a certain place. And mm-hmm. I'm sure most people are already knowing what that place was. And it said, you know, some kind of risque thing. Mm -hmm. And my son says, what is that? You know, that risque thing. And I vowed right then as a Christian, I said, I'm going to do something about that. I had no idea that that's what this was going to lead to. I just knew in my heart, you know, that he was about 12 and very vulnerable to, so anyway, so from that time is we walked door to door. We promoted the three candidates that would give those those things we would talk to people about these these are the times where communities could really make change by what they were um you know by by what was going on they Mm -hmm. were able to make the changes and so we prevailed two out of three but all of that helped us to get the standards involved and made it more difficult and then as the years went on each each one each one of the industry places Failed, failed, 
Yeah. You know, closed. It started making a big difference. It made a huge right. difference. And uh, and then we've had the CRA, Community Redevelopment Agency, an area where we really have been able to work with the county uh, to make a lot of changes. But the thing that was neat about it is the fact that um, we were able to to envision people that life could be better in your community by, you know, standing together. That's a great realization, yeah, isn't it? It, is. it really is. That, that a single a single person's opinion rallying yeah, you yeah. is what got you involved. Right. right. One person knocked on right. my door and I called it the red light, green light. It, we had a red light district and we turned it into a green light area now where it's much more community oriented. It's beautiful. So yeah. through that, I ended up being a commissioner four years later. I wasn't even a commissioner there. I had no idea but it just was a natural progression. And we're able to do a lot of, you know, we had some really good changes in our community on the standards, just in the neighborhoods and everything, not just uh, against the uh, commercial area. Now, you know, a good friend of mine is Dave Zanotti, who is the host of The Public Square. And he talks about this all the time. And you guys are perfect examples of what he says needs to happen. We need to have people who have the word that you've just said, community standards, who have the biblical standards in their heart Mm -hmm. and in their mind and are willing to do what is the, sometimes you just got to do the dirty work of getting involved and being a part of of either a city council or a county council, Mm -hmm. getting involved on the school board, however you can, running for it. You can't ever get there unless you make the decision that you're going to try commit to do it yeah. and run. Right. Here's and, a, and, and go ahead, Bill. Well, here, the other th- interesting thing about this, you would think that when she got that knock on the door and we went to the first meeting, there would be hundreds of people there saying, let's rally and cry. We showed up, you had the three candidates, maybe another half a dozen more people. And the room was only like 20 people. That was it. That's it. And that and so you think, oh my gosh. So the encouragement here is that you don't have to have hundreds of people necessarily. Now today it can be a little bit different. But back then, all it took was a good 20 committed people to say, we can do this, and just sharing it with others and with others and others, and said, watch God multiply. So it can truly don't uh, despair of small beginnings. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, it's a biblical principle. It's like the story of Gideon all over again. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, that army started off being fairly good size, but God shrunk it down to 300. And right. with those 300, they were able to rout tens of thousands right. so mm-hmm. i mean that's and too mm-hmm. too that's, often we just we just think oh how, how can i make a difference well you can make a difference yeah so so the your first foray what what was that like when you actually a couple of years later now you're running for county commission i'm running for city a commission. city commission yeah, that's rather, okay yeah. for city commission and you're actually now a candidate what was that like well, it was really scary. I mean, you, you walked door to door and you didn't know when you when they opened the door what their issues were. And I I ran on a on a platform of listening first. And of course that takes a lot more time mm-hmm. to listen first as opposed to just sharing talk, what yeah, you sharing, yeah. you know. And then I would usually always turn where I'm where I'm going. If you you know, if you if you want me, this is who I am and this is what I will be going for. So uh, I actually, when I first ran, ran against uh, Florida Power's uh, well-funded candidate for a 30-year contract, electric contract. 
And what was the the irony of it is that I had worked for Florida Power when I first got out of college. That is ironic. It was, um, you know, it came to bite me uh, because of the <laughs> fact I knew too much about electricity. Yeah. Know? And the other lady had no idea. She just had tons of money that was poured in. Just the politics. So I learned politics very quickly. I lost that first time. It was very, very hard because I was far more qualified in just being part of the city. But that's life. And, and then you'd I, had an influence already exactly. via this, this earlier right. story that you just yes, shared. Yes, yeah. exactly. So people knew who I was. So when I came back the sec- next time, I, beat a can- I was one of five and, and beat them all very handily. So, you know, that's one that you need to be encouraged. Those who have lost races mm-hmm. need to really just uh, oh. get back in there and get back on the saddle and go again because right. of the name recognition mm-hmm. and who you are and what you what you believe in. Yeah, I have uh, several people that's been on the program did, that did not win. We have uh, several who did mm-hmm. in this most recent midterm. But I agree with you that to lose, especially when you lose at 48%, you've got 48% of the vote and yet you lose, Mm -hmm. that is not a bad showing for a first time candidate. No. So they need to not get discouraged. Mm -hmm. They need to just stay in the race. And if the, if the Lord wills, get back in the next one. That's right. Get back in. That's exactly right. And that's what you did the next term, right? That's what I did the next term. And I won, uh, there was like, say five candidates and I won very handily what none of them were even close to me. Of course, mm-hmm. that was during the storm of Charlie and all of them. Oh, 2004. Yeah, that, that was the, the one yeah. that I was running mm-hmm. in at the time, and that was quite an experience, too. Yeah. But um, uh, anyway, um, it, you, you do need to get back on the saddle and go because, you know, God calls you there. Uh, you've, you've talked with people, and um, so it, it's important. Now, a lot of people believe that uh, you can't or shouldn't mix politics with your faith. And yet we know that when we read American history, that so many Mm. of the early leaders, governmental leaders, uh, those that were in uh, positions of governors and and senators were believers, strong believers. That's just a misnomer, isn't it? Well, it really is. And I think what's interesting is our constitution and our whole way of government uh, is sound, but it's sound with the Bible. And you have to have a moral fiber to you to be able to understand the Constitution. If not, then you got a better way of doing it. You're smarter than the average bear. So, (laughs) you know, uh, that's why I think it's important that we really, you you need to profess your faith. And, you know, and if you're not going to win because of your faith, um, there's just, there's, you've got to be who you are. Yep. Because that's going to be your driving force. How many terms did you stay in there? Uh, three terms, and I termed out. Mm. Three so, consecutive terms. Three consecutive terms. I was unopposed the rest of the time. Maybe wow. for 12 years. Yeah, 12, 12 years. 12 wow, years. Wow, my It was goodness. wonderful. But life is a lot different in today's world, is it not? It definitely is. I would really pause myself in running uh, because I've seen the, the hatred and seen so much going on that it's hard to get things done like we could get done. 20 years ago. And yet with that, we still have to kind of hang in there, don't we? That's right. Even though it's, like you said, we may pause and go, whew, am I up for this? Right. But we need people to do that. Otherwise, we're done. (laughs) You know, and and the sad thing is, is that campaigning is so so challenging, but yet the person can be so qualified for that position. It's getting through that, the uh, campaign 
to allow them to do what they can do. Mm -hmm. So many people who are extremely qualified for the position said, you know, there's no way I can be, I can do the campaign. It's expensive. It's exhausting. It's, you know, very tough. So uh, that's one of the sad elements of where we've come to today. Wow. It is tough. It's expensive. You're right. It's exhausting. When you think Helene was talking about walking the neighborhoods of your area, that's really what you have to do. You have to get out there. I think a lot of people, they they don't realize how hard a candidate works uh, during that whole campaign process and uh, probably how many pairs of shoes they wear out from (laughs) walking the neighborhood so much. Bill, I know you became after, now was this after you termed out? Is that when you got involved? Yes, it is. So she terms out, you term in. If she can do it, I said, I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) But the real deal is, is that she did such a good job. I I went on her coattails. Yeah. So I just got in. You came in on that Huffer name right there. It is. It was a a beautiful thing. So it it really was great. And part of our motivation, and I was thinking about this in terms of uh, uh, a perspective or maybe a worldview that Mm -hmm. we can consider, is that, you know, I... We grew up, we lived in our same house for over 40 years and- That is so great. Worked, raised our kids, uh, went to church, did all these faithfully and served the church like we've talked about before, not realizing that you're living in a community of some sort. It could be a city, it could be a county, whatever. Around you are all kinds of rules, regulations, uh, anything from police to code enforcement to uh, safety to parks, et cetera, et cetera. And we gave no attention to that. We just assumed, like breathing air, it would always be there. And I thought of the book uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia called The the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Until I went through the wardrobe and realized there was another world. They were living in a world not knowing there was another world. Right uh, through the door. And so then it registered. And so when we began to taste of this other world, it was like, oh my gosh, how much it really affects our lives. And we have giving no input to it. We're not doing anything to cultivate it, to affect the culture of it. And so, uh, and we're leaving it, leaving it to others. Mm-hmm. And so when we wake up the next day and wonder what happened, it's because of those, the leaders in that position, uh, whether it's a commissioner, whether it's the uh, city manager or the county manager, it can be any number of positions, the governor of the state, on and on and on, those affect your life. Mm-hmm. And if you're paying no attention to it, it doesn't mean you have to become a governor or you have to be a commissioner, but if you're not paying any attention, it's you're going to wake up thinking, what happened? Well, don't you think that's happening right now? I think a lot of people are waking up, especially when you look at what's uh, the drastic changes that uh, the Biden administration has brought out. It, just in two years, we've seen so many things change with an emphasis on this whole now what is referred to as the woke culture, the cancel culture that's out there. Uh, Thank goodness there seems to be some pushback happening right now in the Twitter world, but that's a a highly and hotly debated area. Uh, But changes are are happening at record-breaking speed right now. We've got to get in the game if we're going to have a country left. Yeah. uh, One of the interesting things, one of the books I read a lot of what we're seeing today actually started taking place a hundred years ago. Very, that's uh, right. Very, uh, what we, the progressive in terms of very uh, thought out. This is strategy. Very, you know, this is what we're going to do. 
especially in affecting our, our children in the education field. Well, let's pick that up in the next segment. We're up against another break. Bill and Colleen Hufford are with me today, longtime friends, uh, servants in the community civilly, as well as through the churches, and we are so grateful for them. We'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. Back for segment three with the Huffords, Bill and Colleen, longtime friends, and uh, we kind of ran into them at the recent uh, event in Castleberry. And it was the what is it, wine and taste festival or something like food that? Food and wine, it's actually the food, food and wine, food and wine festival. Yes. It's a, for me. It's like chamber a big thing. outdoor. Yeah, it's put down by the chamber. Correct. And uh, that would be the uh, the Castleberry chamber. chamber of Commerce. Yes, the Castleberry uh, Chamber. And they do a great job. It's a fun night where you can just go out and eat and see friends. Actually, and, and Colleen did the first one. Oh, she you started. did. I'm the. I hate to say this. I'm the founder of the Castleberry Food and oh, Wine Festival. Oh my goodness! I I remember you telling me that <laughs> yes. when we ran into you last year. Yeah. Right. Right. But so, now they let me, they just let me have fun. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, love I, I love that event because it's in that big circle. You know, you can just walk through. I loved it this past year. Right. Weather was beautiful. It was a gorgeous cool night. Wonderful. And, gorgeous nice. Night. And uh, we were just able to see so many people out there. What a fun night. Yeah. That, that's, that's great. It. So we were talking at the end of segment two, Bill, about this woke culture. And you were telling us about that the other world kind of a metaphor of the Chronicles of Narnia. C.S. Lewis wrote that, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and how they would enter into that wardrobe, and that's that, that other world was right there. there right. Well, this world that is changing is right here with us. Yep. And right. we've got to realize that if we're going to have America as we've known America, it, there's going to have to be people taking some responsibility. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, and I, I think that... Um, like I mentioned, it's been going on for like over 100 years, but what has happened during that period of time is very key positions and places throughout our nation, uh, they are now in control. So when you made the comment, well, it happened very quickly, that's because everything is in place for them. Yeah, it's been happening all along. But yeah, until <laughs> it finally. It just feels like it happened so overnight. If it's a if it's a district attorney, the police don't do their job because they know they're not going to enforce the law. It's just going down the line. And so they have key people in key positions. They are well-funded by certain individuals. So it's been a very strategic thing. And I often scratch my head and I say, so God, how do, how do we do this? And so, uh, and I went back, when we go back to one of our earlier comments we made when Colleen got involved with the thing, we think, oh, I need to have an army. Well, it may take an army ultimately, but that doesn't mean we can't start with one, two, right. three, a dozen. Right. <clears throat> and then, And then obviously God... Mm-hmm. directs our steps. And so uh, we don't do it on our own effort and our own strength. We cry out to him and say, what would you have me to do? Uh, do I write a book? Do I do a broadcast? Do I do a podcast? Do I get involved as a politician in a certain field? And do I support one? 
uh, one of the things we do now is that we our playing days may be over. We're not really sure, but we certainly want to support those that we believe in. So signs in your yard, walking the streets again, not for you, but for them, uh, making the phone calls, funding, all kinds of things. And it really encourages them mm-hmm. to know that someone's there to support them. And they need a lot of support, a lot of encouragement. And just even if it's say, I'm praying for you, that's significant in itself. And and I think even attending meetings when there's a a public meeting able to be attended. I mean, going to that, showing up, uh, expressing your opinion, sharing your voice makes a big difference. Well, and I think people now are are becoming aware, especially on the school board side, Mm -hmm. is the parents are finding out, I think through COVID, they saw what their kids are being taught and they said no. And so showing up the school board saying, this is not right. We don't like this woke uh, curriculum. It's cancer culture. So uh, it took them standing up and say, we don't want this. And what did the government do? So well, you're, you're terrorists. So yeah. you can see yeah. what you can see the oh, battle man. you're fighting. But again, God is sovereign. God is over all of that. And so as we stand up for him through the saying, listen, our kids need to be educated correctly not with the curriculum that you have, mm-hmm. uh, then we can take that stand. And it's making a difference. Virginia, I think, is the key example. Loudoun County. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What they did, showing up, saying, no more. Right. No more are we going to do this with our, without a voice. Mm-hmm. We have a voice. And, you know, this whole issue, and I know that you you guys are parents, you you know what it's like to have children that you love and seeing what a lot of parents are having to face today with what the kids are being indoctrinated with mm-hmm. in schools uh, and then to be told by the teachers that you have no voice in it. That's, that's yes. enough to rile up most parents. Right oh, there. it sure is. Yeah, it and it did is. that in Virginia and they stood up, they stood against right. that voice and they won. Yep. That's great. That's right. That, that's what we need to do. Right. Well, and, and we need to know that this is like Bill has said, this isn't just happened in the last 10 years. Uh, when Bill and I were at Purdue University uh, many years ago, I had a class where I really spoke with Student for Democratic Society and talked to many of them. And most of them were already telling me they were Marxist, they were communist, they were socialist. Their parents had already been here from Russia. It was very scary. And one time one man looked at me and he said, you're nothing. You absolutely are nothing. You are just a Hoosier, you know, in the farm, you know, on the farm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm a senior in college, ready to graduate, getting ready to marry this great guy over here. And be to be told that, no, you know, that was just the beginning. That was 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. The infiltration that was in yeah. the campuses. And remember, there were a lot of riots back in the back yes. 50 years yeah. ago. So again, we should not be surprised, but now it's just so much more intense because you're talking about sexuality, um, you, you're doubting who you are. And what that man was trying to do was doubt, have me doubt my life. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a Christian then. I mean, I had, you know, as I had shared before, but you know, I had a, I had a basis, I had a moral compass and, you know, was part of that. I just didn't have that personal relationship yet, but I remember coming down coming back to what if I was coming back to West Lafayette and after I interviewed him in Lafayette and, uh, you know, just cried in Bill's arms. That's like, Oh my gosh, I've never had anybody say anything that was against my family and right. my roots. So 
Imagine that was 50 years ago, and now look what we have. Yeah. And, you know, I, I get it because it was uh, all that about a time ago when I thought I was going to be a school teacher. Mm-hmm. And it's when I went into the, they had a nice program in my freshman year that allowed me to go in, allowed students who were going to be teachers. And I, I uh, had my freshman experience, what most people have to wait until their senior year and to go out and do student teaching. And I found out, you know, the school system was not anything that I could put my heart into right back mm-hmm. then. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now we look back and see the changes that have happened. You're right, Bill. You're exactly right. It's been going on for a hundred years or right. more. Right. And it just feels like it's overnight. Uh, and you know that old jo- the old joke about success overnight success that took a hundred years to get <laughs> yeah, exactly. there. You know yeah. that that's kind same of principle. same principle. Same principle. That is exactly right. 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 Well, let's swing now, looking to the future. We do have we have a future. We yes. hope we do. Absolutely, <laughs> we do. Sure we do. know as believers we if do. It's not, Absolutely, it might be up there. It might not be yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But there are things that we must do. And, you know, when you have now all of these parents of young children who now are looking just as you did, and you have to make decisions about how they're going to raise them, what kind of schooling are they going to have, uh, what advice do you have to this next generation of parents, young parents? What do you say to them? I'd start with one thing, and that is... uh, Make sure you're in a relationship with a local church. Uh, to do this on your own is is brutal, and you're going to get knocked around. You're going to get pushed back. You're going to be you're going to doubt yourself. You're going to say, "Oh, this is." You're going to put your kids through a lot, and so you need to have people around you that are there to say, "That's the right thing. That's the wrong thing. This is what you should do. This is here's I can get you help with this." I mean, there's so many resources, but we don't know where we can go. So to try to just to launch on your own. Now it will take your individual commitment to say, this is what I want to do. Then you're going to find people around you that says, yes, what can I do to help? It could be your local church or it could be a nonprofit organization. It could be someone else is just right down your alley that says, yes, uh, in my field of expertise, uh, we've got lots of people who there may be book publishers and the pub, the publishing house says, nope, you got into woke, I'm going to cancel you. So they go, where can I publish? You may need to find another publisher, but there's people who can help you do that. If it's, uh, you know, if it's just go down the line in terms of, uh, it could be in the music industry, it could be wherever it might be. There's mm-hmm. just people who can help you. So locally, you got this encouragement. Certainly, you're, you know, go to your pastors and say, you know, am I crazy here? And, and get uh, input from that. Cry out to God first. Obviously, that's a critical um, and it may sound like, you know, we're talking earlier, I think off the air in terms of you, you know, in terms of some of your direction of your life. And it's like, this doesn't make sense, but yet God had a plan. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to have people alongside you that will encourage you to say, hang in there, or that was crazy. You know, yeah. that was not God. That was pizza. So, you know, you need that too. So, but to try to launch off on your own is, is really challenging. It is. And you guys have, have, uh, seen, so much in your time of being a believer as well as uh, working in the the civic government i mean you've seen the the i guess you could call it the impact on a person's lives it's big right. and the time you have to take the time you have to invest it's it's there but it's all worth it isn't it at the end of the day when you see the changes 
just in your community alone, Colleen, when you when right. you started this whole process uh, to drive through 1792 in Castleberry was a different experience. There were all of these adult uh, entertainment places were there, and they that was like They're what gone. ruled the roost when you're in that one that one area of 1792 near right. 436. Right. Look at what has happened, how it has cleaned up. And it's all because a few people started to want to make a difference. That's exactly right. And you know, that, that was, that was heavy lifting, uh, but it was good. It was, it was great. But where it also starts is for all of us to find the lift we need to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think Bill has already talked about a few things, but one thing that, that people can do as a starter is to see what the boards are in your city your local or community. in your local right. community. There's planning and zoning, there's parks and recreation. Uh, sometimes there's code enforcement. Uh, there's many different boards that people can sit on and just learn about their community. It, and this is at the city level and also at the county level. Uh, there are boards at the county level for the, the aging seniors. Uh, get involved that way or just so it can go on and on. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's how it starts. And first of all, just go to the meetings and speak and encourage them. Right. Thank you for your position, sir. Thank you, ma'am, for your position. And thank those commissioners for what they do, but follow along to what they do. And then you get to know who they are. So when you see that name, you know that that's a name you want to continue to right. see in your community. And so, you had no idea when you started off uh, helping those yeah. candidates, those three candidates, you yeah. had no idea that just a couple of years later, you were going to be sitting on that city That's commission. Correct. I had no right. idea. And that yeah. was not on my list. Yeah. No, <laughs> but it was a gradual thing. You know, it was just by being involved in the, you know, the planning and zoning committee. I was right. appointed in that. It was very, very natural. And she was known as the church lady when she first started. It was so well, cool. isn't yeah. that the special? Church lady. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> she sweet? Quickly grew up, but she, she understood, became very savvy. In, oh, yeah. In the regular yeah. World. yeah. Well, you guys are treasures. You really are to our community. You're treasures <clears throat> in the church. Uh, I, you're, you're just dear friends. And I thank, thank you, you for spending this time with us, with me today here in the studio. And uh, until the next time, I'll have That's you back great. here. I wish you the best. Thank, thank you for what you do. Thank yes. you. I, I'm, thank yeah, I'm honored to get to do this. Yeah. How fun is this that I get to talk to people like you? That's great. Uh, Bill and Colleen Hufford from Castleberry, our guests today. And friends, we thank you for being with us as well. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.